Welcome to the Hoffmantown Church Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's message from Hoffmantown Church. I'm a pastor, and my heart yearns for God. I have two things in my life that are my goals. One is what the Apostle Paul said, is I finished my course. I finished my course. It is my desire to live a life that when my life is over here, that I will not have left anything undone that was supposed to have been assigned to me by my Heavenly Father. I want to be able to say like Paul, I finished my course, it's over, and I'm ready. The other thing I desire is to live a life presently like Jesus said, that Satan found no place in him. Those are my two very strong desires. That I live a life so completely surrendered to the Lord Jesus Christ that Satan just, when he sees me coming, he has a problem with me. I don't want him to find any place in me that he can prevent me from honoring God with my very life. And I know that, beloved, we are living in a very serious and difficult times right now. And I wouldn't be the pastor that God called me to be if I didn't talk a little bit about where we are as a body of Christ and in the world that we live in. Things are just happening so fast. The spirit of darkness and those things are just moving at a rapid pace. But you know, the Bible tells us not to be concerned about these things because they are to happen. And when I see this sea of, 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 of this coming out of humanity that's raising up and, and all these different things that are going on, this blaspheming and denying the word of God, denying the existence of God, The Bible tells us to look up, look for the white cloud, because our redemption draws nigh. It won't be long before all this is going to be over. And yes, we have the the knowledge of knowing we won, the the victory is ours, The, the book has been written, it's already finished. But I want to stop by today and just kind of talk to you a little bit about some things. I I found a scripture in my reading here and I was looking at John chapter 8. You got your Bibles? Go with me, if you will, please. Now, it it, it concerns the whole chapter, but I I just want to deal with some of the verses, and properly we will reference verse 30. And the scripture says, and he spoke these words, or as he spoke these words, many believed on him or believed in him. As Jesus was preaching, the word of God said many believed in him. Now, in this, the, the, the background of the scriptures that Jesus was uh, 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 visiting the area here and he was preaching, the, from, he's been there for two nights and the first night he lived and slept at the Mount of Olives. He got up early the next morning, went into the temple to begin to pray, to begin to teach, continue with his teaching. As Jesus taught, the word of God says there seemed like something happened, but he said the people believed in him. And you know, just being a pastor, you think that when people are really starting responding to what the word of God is saying, you, go, you get excited. You think, okay, this is really working now because they're hearing now. Maybe possibly a revival is in the making. Maybe the disciples with Jesus were getting excited about what they perceived was going on. But then look what the next verse said. Then Jesus said to these Jews who believed in him, 
If you abide in my word, and my word abides in you. And that's what I want to talk about, the ifs of spirituality. The ifs, that little word, ifs. The ifs of spirituality. I thought about something. Jesus was looking at the people and he said, the the word of God said they believed in him. But as they believed in him, I see that Jesus had a discernment. He was looking at something and it's like he was saying, hold on, wait a minute, hold up. You, you, You didn't get it right. You're coming to me for the wrong reasons. You're not getting this right. And he began to give them about six different ifs. The if of discipleship. The if of freedom. The if of service. The if of sonship. The if of being responsible or responsibility. And the if of assurance. He was dealing with individuals who believed in him, who were coming to him, and were going to be his followers, his disciples. He said, there's some things, some conditions of you that you must, that you must, uh, 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 that you must walk in. There's some things that, that are necessary if you're truly going to be my disciple. And Jesus was not moved by the crowd. He said, I don't judge you, but I know you. And he began to give them some conditions of discipleship. And I thought about this message today as it relates to the time in which we live in. It is a very serious and difficult time. It is a time for the people of God to know for sure where we are in Christ. These are some of the responsibilities, the little tangible things that are necessary, that warrants us, that gives us our certification of that we are truly following Christ. And now I know about the, uh, 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 the, the believing and going from there. I, th- I love that. But there are many, the Bible said even the devil believes that there's one Lord, but the devil's not saved. And I just wanted to just talk to you a little bit about some of the ifs, the conditions that we live in, the conditions that we must adhere to as being believers. The if of discipleship. Here's one that I think the body of Christ, we can all use some some encouraging in this area. Jesus said, if you are, if you abide in my word, abide, it is difficult for us many times to find the time. Our lives are so wrapped up and so busy and so, so uh, out of whack that we have a difficult time finding time to spend proper, adequate, quality time in the word of God. I venture to say some of you may not even open your Bible till you got here this morning. But Jesus is stating something here. If you're going to be a true disciple, if you're going to be my disciple, you must learn the discipline and discipline yourself in living and abiding in my word on a regular daily basis. And he goes on to say, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples. I think there's something that's very critical in this area. The word is what keeps us. It's the anchor. The word is life. It is the way to know Jesus. It's, it, is, it is intimately, uh, it, it is important for intimacy in our relationship with Christ. When we're not studying the word, when the word is not a part of us, we're not getting in the word and following the word, the instructions, the directions, we are not becoming like Jesus. 
We're in a place where we're not being transformed. We're in a place of remaining conforming to what's already going on around us. So Jesus said, if you are, if you hear my words and you believe in me, he said, then you will discipline yourself and begin to abide in me. Abide in me. The if of discipleship. The next if come to us from verse 30, 31. I mean, excuse me, verse, verse uh, uh, 36. Now the lesson, this is a very powerful lesson in Jesus talking to the Jews because he dealt with some issues in them and, and with them. In verse 33, he said, they answered him, why are we are Abraham's descendants and we have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be, you will be made free? Jesus answers as most assuredly I say to you, Whoever commits, in a, in, whoever commits sin is a slave to sin, and a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son does abide. In the if of, 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 of freedom, Jesus came, we know that Jesus came, and he died, and he, he, he paid the price, and we've been redeemed from the curse of the law, and the power of sin, all those things. But looking at our lives, the way Jesus is looking at it now, what does he see? Does he see that we have negated the fact that he has freed us from sin? That we find a reason to justify the weaknesses, the, the sins, the weights that, that, that makes us so ungodly and so unlike Christ in our daily experiences? Are we stirred to the degree that, I know this is not right, God, but I don't want to be like this. Do I want to change? Jesus said, if a man sins, he's a slave to sin. And John, he says, he that is born of the Father don't sin. Oh, I know that we all, we all are striving and aspiring, but this is the point. The point is that we as believers need to really step back and take a good hard look at ourselves. Can the world truly see a difference in us and themselves? The people that know us, that don't know it, that have not accepted Christ. Does, it, does the, the, the love of Christ, does it, the, the holiness of God, does it pour out in our daily experiences, in our daily relationships, on our, our jobs and places where we live, where we work? Does it pour out to where people know that Truly, this is a child of God. The if of freedom. We've been given the freedom. But that freedom is predicated on us making a choice every day. A choice that I'm going to live the life that God has called me to live. I know that this thing happens in, my, in the course of my life. I expect the devil to come and get in my face, but I am going to rise up. I'm going to trust that greater is he that's in me that has set me free as he than he that is in the world. I will not be thwarted or overtaken by this situation. I will walk in the freedom that is mine in Christ Jesus. And I have so many ways I could go with this message, but I'm going to stick with what the Holy Ghost is telling me to do right now. Let's look at the if of service. 
When Jesus was talking to the Jews and they were laying their claim to being a part of Abraham's descendants. And, you know, we all, we like that pedigree stuff. But what is more rich than being called a child of God, a redeemed soul, a soul that has known the reality of a living Christ? What's more important than that? We look in the verse here in verse uh, 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 39. It says, they answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth, which I heard of God. Abraham did not do this. Jesus would then call them to evidence. If you say it's one thing and it's easy to say something, or to say anything, but the proof of it is in how we conduct ourselves. The if of service. The thing that I think about here is that, that, that kind of stirred me is that Abraham was a man of faith. His faith was so rich and so he trusted God so much that he offered up his own son Isaac. The very thing that he was dearest to him he said, if God wants it, he can have it. How many Abrahams do we have here today? That will say, whatever it is that God requires of me, there's nothing that I'm holding on to that, that I hold so much dear than my relationship, my love, my obedience to him. Abraham served God by faith, and for, for that he was counted as being righteous. We have been made righteous, but we've been called to live by faith. I heard Brother John say, we've been made righteous with no part of our own, but it is a point for us to prove that, that we have been made righteous. We believe in the Christ that we serve, and our faith is what we do. Our faith is what we're proving it every day. This is what we do. We prove ourselves as believers by living by faith. There are many cases in, 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 in life where we're going to be, we're going to be a sidetracked, we're going to be attacked, but... We've got to understand the just shall live by faith. And oh, I have so much I want to say, but you just remember the fact that things are in a, in a, a very turmoil area right now and, and across our country, across the world. Things are just blowing up and popping up. And I don't want to get into all of that because I, I would really lose my time on this one. But the point of the matter is, beloveds, if our faith is not anchored in Christ, we're going to miss God. Stuff is going to come that's going to grip our hearts, cause us to fear, cause us to doubt the one that we say we love, we serve. And what I'm saying to us today is that Jesus is saying, come closer now. This is the time. Bear this out. Bear it out. What is your walk like now with Christ? Are you emulating him as a disciple? Are you proving him to him that, that you truly love him? Is he really ultimate and first in your life? There's so much here that we can, we can understand here today. So the freedom, the service, and now the sonship. In verse 42, the scripture says, You do the deeds of your father. Then they said to him, we were not born of fornication. 
We have one Father, God. Jesus said to them, if God were your Father, another if, you would love me. You would love me. For I proceeded from the, I proceeded forth and came from God. Not have I come to, not have I come to myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you are not able to listen to my word. You are of your father, the devil. And the desires of your father, you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. Now, again, I have to remind you, Jesus is talking to a group of people who the scripture just said they believed in him. They were coming his way. They were wanting to be his disciples, his followers. But Jesus looked at them and said, your heart is not in this. Surely you're taking a step for friendship or the right hand of fellowship, but does that, God wants your heart. I want a surrendered heart. I've given you all that I am, says God. And now I want a surrendered heart. Again, they lay claim to who they are and who they belong to. But Jesus said, if you would love me, if you, if you love God like you say you love God, you wouldn't have a problem with me because my father and I are one. He sent me. And when you've seen me, you've seen the father. We're one in the same. And I guess you have to have a little better understanding of the Jewish tradition and what they believe and how they held on to uh, descendants and so forth. But Jesus was letting them know here very clearly we have been made sons. He said, and, and, and when it comes to sonship, you're not only going to love the son, you're going to love the one that the son, that loves the son as well. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Now, you, you love the one that's, be, that, that, that's begotten, but you also love the one who begot you. We're supposed to be people who demonstrate love. I think about all the issues with the transgenders and the the gay rights and all these other things. And yes, our stand is we're to love them, but we're not to compromise what we know is the truth. We can love them and still let them know Jesus loves you, but that's sin. And so we're living in that time where we are coerced and almost put in a corner where we almost have to compromise what we truly believe. Our convictions are being are being stirred, our convictions are being attacked on a regular basis as believers. And in each, each round, many times, the voice of the body of Christ gets lower and lower. It becomes less and less heard. And the Bible says that these things are going to come, that in the last days, there's going to be a great attack, an out, outpour of blasphemies and demonic powers and, and yes, and that the enemy is increasing in strength, but we have not lost the battle. But those who will hear, we need to be ready to stand up and tell them and give them a reason for the hope that's in us. If we have that, because we are the people of God. We are disciples. We walk in freedom. We're not fearful of this world and what this world can do to us. We understand our call is to Christ and to gather as many, to tell as many as we can about the saving power of Christ. Now look in the area of responsibility, verse 46. 
I hope you go back and read this whole chapter because there's so much in it that I'm leaving out of it. Chapter, verse 46 says, which of you convicts me of sin, said Jesus, and if I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? He who is of God hears God's words. Therefore, you do not hear because you are not of God. Hmm. Jesus is speaking of himself. How good of a witness are we? Someone said the other day that the average Christian don't really know enough to be able to win another person to Christ. Or the apologetics on the area of not being sound enough in scriptures to be able to defend the gospel that we preach, that we stand by. If something were to come your way, how well would you handle that? Is the word of God inside of you? Does it have a root? Does it have a place? Is it, is it really transforming you? Is it drawing you more to Christ? Is it causing you to strip away and let go of things that's not godly and, and, and bringing you into an area where you are more desirous of God and the things that God represents? And you as his children, as his people, where are you in all of that? This one last one, I'm going to close this one with this one. The if of assurance. I am truly one who's convinced that eternal salvation, salvation is eternal. But the more I read the scriptures, I see something. I see that if, if the salvation that we have received is to be ours forever, and without change, these are the conditions that we must be willing to meet. These are the safeguards against us losing any of that. These are the safeguards. We must, we just can't say that we, I believe in Christ and just, just continue on what we were doing. There must be a change. Transformation must take place somewhere. My thought process, the way I do things. Do you realize how many people that come to Christ and never change anything about themselves? The Lord Jesus loves us. And he's given us very life, his very life for us. He's made us his disciples, but he said he wants us to be sons in the house of God. Walk in the freedom that we have in him. The freedom to love, to forgive, to obey those who have rule over us, to obey as stewards and, and people who work on jobs, to keep our words where divorce is not so rampant among us as a people. And believe me, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying anything that is going on. I'm just talking about in general, beloveds. I'm a pastor. I pastor people. I read, I study, and I pray more than I do any of those other two. And I've asked God to connect me with him that I can feel what he feels. 
And every now and then he grants me the grace to do that. He loves his people. But our greatest hour is still ahead of us. There's work to be done. There's prayers to be, to be prayed. There's souls that want to be saved. There are so many people that are looking for the realness of being a Christian. And God has his hand on every one of us in here. Not just you from Hoffmantown. Every person is under the sound of my voice. He's calling us to a higher place of obedience, discipleship, service, freedom, freedom from the fear, freedom from man, what they can do to me, what they, what, 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 why I need to do this. There's so much that we miss out on God because we do not yet practice it. First of all, and it's so interesting when Jesus started this lesson out, he started with the fact that you must abide in the word. The word is the anchor. That's the key. If I'm in the word, that, that, that I got my covering. He's going to show up in the word. He's going to reveal himself to me in the word. I'm going to find him in the word. He's going to teach me about me in the word. He's going to teach me about you in the word. He is going to teach me about my enemy, about all of our souls in the word. I'm going to learn about him in the word. But I've got to abide by that. When I look at our society and what we have allowed to creep into our homes and to our churches, the stuff that we as Christians watch on TV, and I'm one, I'm guilty, I'm a sci-fi addict. Pray for me. <laughs> but the Spirit is convicting me. God is saying, why are you doing that? Is that me you see in there? And I know, I, Lord, it's not you. It's, 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 it's appealing to my flesh. And I, I first started talking about talking to, it was appealing to my intellect, and God just blew that out of the water. <laughs> you don't play like that with daddy. But beloveds, the things that we've allowed to creep into us, the world, those things become little foxes that mess with us, that keep us from running to daddy being open, being transparent. You know, we've been freed from guilt. Still be walking around feeling guilty. The freedom that's ours in Christ, that is still beyond us, we've not yet embraced it. And it all begins with that first step, making up, having a made-up mind that I am going to be a disciple, a follower a learner of Jesus. And I'm going to stay at his feet. I'm going I'm to separate myself from the world. I'm going to find those who are like-minded. And I'm going to find time to be with them. Spend time gleaning from the word of God. Thanks for listening to the Hoffmantown Church Podcast. We'd love to hear how God is working in your life. Everyone has a story. Please tell us yours. 
visit www.hoffmantown.org and click on the Tell Us Your God Story link on the homepage to share yours with us. Thanks for listening to our podcast, and we hope you will join us next week.